This is Canada Reads American Style, featuring two friends who love Canada Reads and Canadian literature. Welcome our host Rebecca from Michigan and Tara from Ontario. Hi everyone, it is Rebecca and Tara, and today we are excited. We have our Bookstagram and Canada Reads friend Sarah from Nova Scotia with us today. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, we are really excited because I was talking to you recently and I asked you how in the world you find time to read because you have a young family, a full-time job, and you do amazing needlework, which I'm telling you is just, if anyone hasn't seen it, uh, I'm on, your, on the show notes, of course, we'll have your your account name and everything, but your needlework is amazing. But anyway, so you do all of that. And I said, how in the world do you find time to read? And one of the things you said was you do book challenges. So we thought it would be really fun to ask you what in the world, what reading challenges are you doing? How do you approach it, et cetera? So we're going to let you go first and tell us one of the ones you're doing this year. Yeah. And thanks so much for asking that question. I'm I'm a bit of an overachiever and I'm really competitive with myself as a as a personality trait. So this works for me to help keep me motivated and on task because otherwise I wouldn't be. So so one of the reading challenges I'm doing this year, and I, I attempted it last year and I did not complete it, but I had a great time, is the Pop Sugar reading challenge. Um so Pop Sugar is a website and it's kind of a uh, just a interest uh, lifestyle website similar to a BuzzFeed, uh, but they put out every year a reading challenge. And it is, I'm just looking at it now. It's, okay, so it's 50 prompts all together. There's 40 mm-hmm. main challenge prompts and then 10 bonus ones. And kind of the goal of the overall challenge is to diversify your reading. Um, so they'll have some really interesting prompts like a book about vacation a book that was published the year you were born. And they have ones like a, a book that has a lead character that uses a mobility device. So a book with a queer lead. So it, it's just, it's all about diversifying your reading and kind of getting outside of your comfort zone. Something I try to do anyway, or I thought I was doing that anyway, but this, this reading challenge kind of like lets me know how I'm actually doing when it comes to reading more, di- more diversely. So last year when I attempted this reading challenge, I wasn't um, using the prompts necessarily as prompts. What I was doing was taking whatever I happened to be reading anyway and seeing how well they fit in just to see kind of how I was doing in general. And I did, I did really well. I didn't complete it, but I was really happy. I think I got 80% of the way through. So this year I'm doing it a little more intentionally and not necessarily planning too much, but I'm putting a little more effort into choosing certain certain books for these prompts, and it's exciting. I'm I'm a planner by nature, so I'm having fun um, sitting down and kind of going through what I have on my shelf and what I have on my very very long library hold holds list <laughs> <laughs> to see how well I can fit things in. Now, do they give you suggested reading as well, or is it more just you're fitting your own interests into what? into their prompts, basically. So it's interesting because this challenge is so well known that it uh, featured on a lot of platforms. So on the website itself, they do 
uh, throughout the year kind of feature more as a, a book collage image. That's what I've seen anyway, to show um, options for different prompts. But if you go on Goodreads or I do it on Storygraph, people are so active that you can click on the prompt when you go under like the reading challenge tab in Storygraph and you find your challenge, you click on the prompt and it'll show options that other people have used for that prompt. And it's the same on Goodreads. And um, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. And there's Facebook groups dedicated to it where people are constantly sharing what they're doing. And so it's not hard to find options. Okay, I'm such a lone wolf that I've, I'm embarrassed to admit I've never even heard of this challenge, so I'm embarrassed to say it, but yeah. Anyway, but that it sounds really awesome. Yeah, and that there is a community behind it already makes it less intimidating to find books as well. Yeah, and that, that's something that I did find difficult last year because I wasn't as involved in the community aspect of it. So yeah. there were some prompts that I really struggled with and... But once I found these groups and places to look for what other people were suggesting, it just was incredible. Like these people are so well read. And so they they find these books and I don't know where they get the ideas, but it's just, it's cool. One of them, the prompts that I'm really excited about. And if you have any suggestions, I'd love to know. Tara, you're so well read and... Uh, Rebecca, of course, being a librarian, you'd, you'd have some special insight in this. So prompt 18 this year, and I guess if any listeners want to let me know too, is a book that's been banned or challenged in any state in 2022. And I'm really interested to um, find some cool options for that. Yeah. Okay. I'm, right, I'm making a note of that. Banned or challenged. Okay, cool. We can definitely give you some ideas for that as well. But yeah, if our listeners uh, want to share them, go directly to Sarah's account and you can probably DM her there, I would think too, right? Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Send me a message. <laughs> DMs are open. All right. Awesome. Okay, Tara, what's what challenge are you doing? Okay. Well, that was really cool, Sarah. Thank you for uh, introducing us to that one. So I'm not doing any organized challenges, but I the two that I do this year are like my personal challenges because like you, Sarah, I am competitive against myself, <laughs> like not anyone else, but if I, and I love like a goal, I'm very goal oriented. So I like ticking stuff off or making a list. So my first one is, and this one I've been doing for um, several years now, I just read the previous year's uh, long list for the Giller Prize. So I usually start reading it when the Giller Prize long list is announced in, oh my gosh, it's like September or October, I believe, right? I think so. October, I think so. I think. Yeah. And then I never get it read before the prize is announced in November. And so I just continue to go through that list, usually of 12 books, but the last year it was like, I think 15, until the following uh, fall when the next list is announced. How are you doing on that list? I am, I think I've read three or four so far. I don't have my list in front of me. So it's slow. And I can't remember which ones I've read now. So about three or four, but I just finished the sleeping car porter. That one. Um, I finished that last week and I, that was amazing. I loved it. That was probably one of my favorite, maybe my top two reads last year. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. I uh, I had no expectations, even though it had won the Giller. 
I went in, started reading it with no expectations. And I was like, beautiful. Her writing style is so unique and yet accessible. And Baxter is the main character was just amazing. And I loved the world and the history that she presented that is so rarely presented in Canadian lit. So yeah, it's just a great book. Can I say something about the writing style of that book? Yes. Because when I listened to you talk about it in a previous um, episode, I, I thought of, uh, I, I wanted to send you a message and tell you this. <laughs> the, the cadence of her writing, just like when the way it feels when you read it, to me felt like riding on a train. It had this like, Ooh, this yeah. pushing forward slowly, but steadily. And, and it's right at yeah. the beginning. And I was blown away by that. And I thought it was just so skillful. Yeah. Oh, Sarah, that's very interesting. I haven't read it yet, but when I do, I definitely want to keep that in mind and see, yeah, maybe I can also evoke that feeling. So that's really pretty cool. I wonder if that was purposeful. I wonder, because it was amazing. That is very, very cool observation. Now I want to read it again. Yeah, or at least reread the very beginning too, yeah. Read the first paragraph. <laughs> yes. Now I had to wait like another three months though from the for the library book, but you know, it'll be worth it. Okay. Well, my reading challenge that I am doing, and I don't think I actually mentioned this officially. Maybe I did, but I don't remember. It's, and I hope I pronounce it correctly, but it's the Adabiat Book Club. And it actually is focusing on Arab literature. One of the things I am trying to do this year is read more countries. And so when I saw this challenge, I looked at some of the titles they were talking about, and I got kind of excited about them. So I just want to give a shout out for February, they're reading If an Egyptian Cannot Speak English by Noor Naga, which is, I think, Terry, you said was on the Giller list this yep. year, right? Yeah. Okay. Long list for sure. I can't remember if it was on the short list. Do you remember, Sarah? I think it was. I don't. Yeah, I think it may have made the short list. And then in uh, March, they will be reading The Disappearance of Mr. Nobody, and that is by Ahmed Taboe. And then in April, they'll be reading Granada by Radva Ashur. Anyway, I, I'm really interested in those titles because I think Arabic literature or Arab literature isn't necessarily something I see a lot on Bookstagram, or at least the people mm -hmm. I follow. And so mm -hmm. I'm excited about doing that challenge. And so again, in the show notes, we'll be putting the names of these challenges in. So if you're interested in them, you can access them yourself. So yeah, that's my first one. That sounds fantastic. I can't wait to yeah. see your titles. You're reading for that. Yeah. Okay. So Sarah, what's your next one? So I'm I was trying to look through and pick another good one to talk about because I have a big list set up in my StoryGraph account because I, I use challenges in two ways. So one way, like I mentioned, to kind of challenge myself to diversify and to reach a goal. But otherwise, I use them just for tracking in general because I love tracking things. So Storygraph has a number of <laughs> little, <laughs> it's a number of challenges, like their Storygraph reads the world. And I join that every year. And you could, they just keep going. Like it doesn't, it doesn't end. And so as I read a book set in one of their country prompts, I just check it off. So that's kind of fun. And then they have like a genre one. And one of the other ones that I use for tracking is the Rory Gilmore reading challenge, because I'm a big Gilmore Girls fan. Yeah, this has 407 books in it. So 
it's not one to really complete. Oh my lord. Yeah. And some of them are just like read the Odyssey and read like the the Fall of yes. Rome and but I guess the one that I'm taking as seriously as the Pop Sugar this year is Tolkien's Middle Earth Books Reading Checklist is the name of it. I'm a big Tolkien fan. And I've read The Hobbit and The Three Lord of the Rings, and that's it. And I love them. Yeah. But there's so many others. And now they're not solely J.R.R. Tolkien. They're usually were published postmortem with the assistance of his his family. Yeah. So there's more than I even knew. So there's 25 in this list. And wow. Last year, I know, I know. I did not realize he had that many books. Well, I didn't either. I knew I knew yeah. he had several others, but I didn't know it was this many. And last year, I really wanted to read them. I uh, This was a last year plan, and that mm-hmm. didn't happen. And so I, I really wanted to do it this year. So yeah, so that's the one I'm, I'm focusing on right now. And I've already read The Hobbit. And now mm-hmm. I'm on to one called, oh, what is it called? Uh, I think it's called Tolkien's Letters to Father Christmas, something like that. And it's really neat because apparently when his children were young, he would, uh, I don't don't know if there's any children listening to this podcast, but this might be a a good time to just (laughs) pause for a few minutes or (laughs) tuck away. But um, so warning, Tolkien would actually write letters to his children on behalf of Father Christmas and they're really incredible and they over time they expanded to include other members of Santa's family and other people from the North Pole and characters and there's allusions to some of his work that was coming up so he was at the time I guess writing some of his popular books so there's allusions to goblins and and other things in some of these letters as time went on so it's a really interesting personal glimpse into what was happening in his family and tying it into his writing so what is the word, Rebecca, for the term for the genre um, when it, a book includes like letter writing? Yeah, it's epistolary. Epistolary. So it would definitely fall into that category because a lot of the book is actual images of his letters. So you see his handwriting and wow. um, that's really cool. That one, that sounds amazing. I may have to add that too because I've started reading like Christmas themed books in December. So I may have to read add that to my list for next Christmas. That sounds really cool. You definitely should. And yeah. I just happened upon it. I was at work one day. I'm a librarian. So I was at work one day and somebody had put this book on hold and it, it came across my counter and, and I <laughs> I decided I was the next one on the list. <laughs> now, Sarah, so when you do a challenge like that, that has so many books in it by a certain author, are you hoping to read all of those this year? Or do you look at it as like a longer term goal, like challenge for yourself? So yes to both. So okay. <laughs> I'm going to read as much as I can this year yeah. with the, you know, aiming to finish it because that's that competitive side. But, you know, realistically, I I have a lot on my plate, but like uh, Rebecca yeah. mentioned. So realistically, it's probably going to continue into the next year. And I think that would actually be really fun. Yeah. Oh, can I actually ask you another quick question? You had mentioned Storygraph. Yeah. So I haven't really, I've heard tell of it. How would you rate it like compared to like Goodreads? So, okay. I I find it more user-friendly than Goodreads. 
um, where Goodreads has a very message board feel to it. Yeah. I really like the interface of Storygraph. And I jumped into it last year or the year before, and I've seen big improvements since then. It took me a while to get used to it because I was a big Goodreads user, but I actually got locked out of my Goodreads account for some reason. I decided that it was a good time to jump away and <laughs> yeah, one, one less, one less Amazon thing I'm going to attach myself to. So yeah. I, I jumped to Storygraph and I'm loving it. There's some things that I think Goodreads does a lot better and it's the community aspect and connecting with authors and, and whatnot and the actual database of literature in Goodreads because it's it's been around so much longer is a lot stronger but mm-hmm. Storygraph is continuously being added to and they just added a giveaway feature that's really popular on Goodreads so it's, it's not very strong yet but they've added it in and it, it's been fun uh, and they do have that reading challenge tab on the top that uh, I don't think I don't remember if Goodreads has a reading challenge section but you can add your own in there and people can sign up to them and you can browse through by keyword. It's, it's pretty cool. Oh, excellent. Thank yeah. you. I'm going to have to check it out. It sounds really cool. Okay. My second challenge that I do is one that I've set for myself and it's an Agatha Christie challenge and it is going to be a several years long challenge. I started it last year. I did poorly. I think I only read three. I loved them, but I only read three or four. So I'm more focused this year. I would like to read one a month, perhaps. And we'll just see how it goes. Her catalog is huge. It's huge. It's huge. I started writing a list of them so I can like tick them off as I go through. And I'm like, I made it through the uh, Poirot books. And I went, yeah, now I'm I'm done. I'll wait until I get through the Poirot books. And then I'll look at the other books. It was huge. Yeah. I was going to ask you, are you focusing on like one of the series? To go start to end, or you just yeah, I'm gonna focus on the Poirot because it was I didn't realize how many books she had, and it was really, it was really intimidating. So, although I, the Miss Marple books, I find very I'm intrigued by because I haven't read any of those. Yeah, we'll see if I stay true to the Poirot. Now, are you gonna watch some of the movies? Because one of the things I'm doing with the Tolkien is I'm I'm gonna watch move the movies along t- as well and make it a whole thing. So, are mm. you gonna do that with Agatha Christie? I have no, I have no plans to. I'm not saying that it won't happen. I just, it didn't even enter my mind actually, but that might be kind of fun too. All right. For my second challenge this year, again, it's all about trying to read more books from other countries and get different perspectives. And so there is a, an Instagram account, bookstagram account called read around the world challenge. And what's interesting, and I'm going to ask you Sarah a question about that in a second, but what they do when you sign up with them, you actually select which continent you want to read. And then once you accept that one or pick that one, or you can pick more than one, but I picked one to start with, but they will then unlock a reading list for you. So books that people in the challenge have already read, which was great because I, even though I'm a librarian, I did try to go and start to find some books from different countries. And honest to John, like I couldn't, find, I, I just couldn't find enough. And and mostly it's, I'm looking obviously in our own catalog. And so it could be the failure of my library systems to have literature, a lot of translated literature that could be part of it, but still that it's been of a challenge. So it's nice to have those book lists. Now, my question, Sarah, for you is you kind of said, you mentioned read around the world in Storygraph, I think. So is that 
I wonder if that's this challenge that I do sort of old fashioned sort of, and now it's on Storygraph. Do you think it's connect? They're the same? No, the Storygraphs is their own, and they pick. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Just I'm just clicking into it right now. They pick ten countries each year, and oh, okay. yeah, as suggestions. And and uh, this year has like Argentina and Cuba, Italy, Trinidad and Tobago, Syria, and others. But so yeah, you can click on the country name and it'll give you a list of books that other people have added okay I think I'm going to take a look at that because yeah I think I'm going because I am on story graph I just haven't done anything with it so I think I will definitely check that out not to say I still won't do this because even with this challenge I'm doing obviously if I read a book that isn't on their list and I post to their or tag them I mean, it's all fine. I can read anything I want, obviously, in this challenge. But I think I'm going to check out Storygraph then. So thank you for letting me know about that. Yeah, it's something, something fun to look at anyway. Yeah, I'm intrigued by Storygraph, actually. So Sarah, is there anything else you would like to add about your reading challenges or just how in the world you find time to read with such a busy life? <laughs> I guess something else, just one more thing about the reading challenges I'll say is that although I set these kind of goals and limits for myself. I never stick to them. That's the first thing I decide going in. So I rule out disappointment in the beginning because I refuse to I, re- I refuse to feel bad. Like failure is not a thing that happens. Mm-hmm. It's all fun. So I'm always adding things in. So Pop Sugar was introduced to me uh, last year by a coworker of mine. And it wasn't until probably four months into the year that I even learned about it. I mean, and I had already had goals set up then. So I added to my plans. I changed my plans. And I think anybody who's interested in reading challenges and whatnot, I would just recommend like anything, be flexible, give yourself lots of grace, patience. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Don't be too hard and fast about anything because there's lots of stuff out there. And you don't want to get partway through the year and think like, oh, I'm not having fun, but I made this commitment. you don't have to do that. And that just makes everything fun. And you're just going to quit anyway. So that's my big recommendation. And that is something that actually helps me read so much. Because I, I carry over the same philosophy. I quit books all the time. I used to have trouble with that. But now I give it 50 pages, if I'm not engrossed and, you know, dying to drop everything and read something within 50 pages, I'm moving on. I might added to a list to pick up at another time because maybe it's just not the right book at the right time but I've completely in just the last couple of years gotten rid of my <laughs> being a stickler to if I start a book I have to finish it and I hear that all the time when I'm working at the library people coming in and saying I'm just not liking this book but I feel like I have to finish it and I'm on a mission to free people of that so I make room for just the things I'm dying to read. And that really helps. What's another tip I can give? Um, I grab little pockets of time. I'm up early, but not by choice. My kids get up early. So while they're eating their breakfast, I don't like to eat at five in the morning. So <laughs> I'll sit with my coffee and I'll I'll read it at the table with them to myself because they're usually not kid appropriate, but... <laughs> <laughs> I read while they're eating and we chat and then my kids get to see me reading, which is a great thing for them to see. And absolutely. 
I read on my lunch breaks. I try to read in the evening, but I'm I'm not like a in bed reader. I just I fall asleep too quickly. But uh, yeah, I grab little pockets of time. Do you listen to audiobooks? I do. This is a tough one for me. I really struggle with audiobooks. I think it's part attention span. I do really well with a nonfiction. A nonfiction audiobook can usually hold my attention, or at least I find you don't have to be a hundred percent on the ball with a nonfiction book for every sentence. But with a fiction for me, something can change in a sentence. There could be a new character come in or a new location and I miss it. So I find like a memoir. I love a celebrity memoir, especially as an audiobook. If they're reading it, I just love that. Yeah. Yeah. But I can't do a fiction. I'm the same way. I I find I can now listen to fiction better than I used to, but nonfiction is easier because you're right. If you just drop the ball for one minute, a new character could come in and you're like, what am I missing? Like, who is this? Now you're lost. Yeah. Can I just say, I just had to go, I had to, it takes me a half hour to get to Costco. So I thought, oh, I just was going to just look for a little, you know, audio book I can listen to. So honestly, I've never read uh, Frog and Toad. <laughs> so I downloaded Frog and Toad. And I have to yeah. tell you, I love Frog and Toad so much. And it turns out I'm Frog and my sister is Toad. And I didn't tell her that yet, though, and she doesn't listen to the podcast, so it's okay. But anyway, I absolutely loved it. And I thought, you know, I think I'm going to do that because I love children's books anyway. And I thought, what a fun thing to do, because then if I miss something, it's not a big deal. It's a kid's book. You know, they're not saying anything really, really complex. But I thought, I think I'm going to start doing that more is just listening to children's literature, just which always makes me smile. So, yeah. That's a great idea. I did the same thing last year with The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Oh, I had to do a long drive, about five hours, and I think that was about the length of the book. And it was great because I like I know the story. We all know the story of the Wizard of Oz. So it was, you know, I didn't have to pay strict attention. I could still watch the road and <laughs> be aware of my surroundings, but it was so fun. It was it was perfect and it didn't go on forever and it it was great. Well, Sarah, I just wanna say thank you so much. I'm glad you and I touched base. Like I said, when as soon as you said reading challenges, I thought we have to really talk about this because I think a lot of people, you know, I hadn't really ever done reading challenges ever probably in my life. I've always just read what I want to read. But I think it's a great way to get people sort of focused. But I love what you said about, you know, giving yourself mm-hmm. some grace and not holding yourself to this really tight schedule and you must complete everything. So I just want to say thank you so much for joining us. And Tara, do you want to add anything here at the end? Oh, same thing. Those were That was some great advice you gave, Sarah. And I also want to thank you personally for uh, um, telling us more about StoryGraph because I'd heard of it but hadn't looked into it. But now I'm really intrigued by it. So thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. And let, let me know what you think yeah. when, you, when you try yeah. it out. And I'll, I'll send you a message with my username so you can oh, add excellent. me as a friend. And I want to hear, keep us updated, especially near the end of the year anyways, but throughout the year on, the chal- on your challenges. That would be fun. Absolutely. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for joining us on our bookish journey. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing Canada Reads American Style wherever you listen. You can connect with the podcast and Rebecca on Instagram at Canada Reads American Style and with Tara at On a Branch Reads. Until next time, keep reading.